Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And we're in the extra time. Hey and welcome to Extra Time, I'm Sally Murphy. While the old mug is officially on its way back here, after Team New Zealand vowed Oracle Team USA 7-1 in the final series this week. A day after the America's Cup win, helmsman Peter Burling told Todd Nile it was still sinking in. You know, it's um, you know, something we've had the dream of, you know, and that goal of coming here and winning that America's Cup and, you know, we all knew it was going to be an incredibly hard road, but... I think um, you know, what we've managed to achieve as a group, you know, we've faced a, a lot of challenges. You know, we've had a pretty bumpy road to get here and faced a lot of adversity. And you know, the way we've kind of come together through that and uh, you know, let our results on the water do the talking is something that uh, yeah, I feel is pretty special. I know you've gone back home with Olympic medals before, but do you really think you understand what's going to happen when you get off the plane this time? Uh, we've got no idea, but I think um, you know, one of the really cool things is we'll all be on the same flight home. You know, we'll all be sharing it together, you know, just as we've we've battled here together as a team and you know, we've got an amazing group of group of people here that you know, we're all really good friends, you know, really good mates. A lot of us grew up sailing together, you know. And I think that's, you know, really made made this uh, event all the more enjoyable. But I guess beyond getting off the plane, your life in New Zealand may not be the same as it was, mightn't it? <laughs> yeah, well I, I think we really appreciate that support we get from the fans and, and supporters and uh, it's something that every day up here you know, there's more Kiwi flags, there's more people cheering us on as we go off the dock and you know, that definitely inspires us to, you know, try and try and keep improving, trying to keep keep finding those little little differences that'll that'll allow us to win a yacht race and you know, the amount of messages we get from, from back home, you know, the Kiwi supporters is, is something that just blows us away and you now we're really uh, looking forward to being able to come bring that trophy home and share it with share it with everyone over the next few weeks. But at a personal level, are you kinda of geared up for being considered a bit more public property? Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. Have you suddenly got a whole heap more face, whole heap of Facebook followers and, and Instagram followers? <coughs> yeah, yeah. No, I had a few more followers, but you know, that's, that's not why we do it. You know, we're here to you know sail a boat and you know try and try and bring a, a really unique sporting event, um, the trophy for a really unique sporting event back to New Zealand, and that's something that you know is pretty surreal in the, the morning meeting this morning you know we all kind of got in here at about midday or something after a pretty easy morning and you know just to make a bit of a plan as to how we're all going to get home and you know to have the America's Cup sitting in the corner you know something that everyone's just like it's pretty special. What was it like waking up this morning and knowing you've done the job and you don't have anywhere to be anymore at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> oh it's actually going to be pretty nice to have a few days off you know it's been a, a massive push for yeah, everyone in this team. You know, for myself and Blair, we haven't really had any time off for you know about three and a half years. You know, it was a massive push into Rio, and then we probably had about five, six days off um, after that. You know, on a bit of a road road show before we um, took got straight on a plane back to another another cup event, and you know, then you knew there were design deadlines and deadlines coming up that you know would very heavily affect the outcome here. And, you know, so we were just pretty much straight into 
you know, trying to help the guys develop the boat. And but I think it's just you know, really really cool bunch of people that you know created some tools to you know, be able to let us design a, an amazing boat. And I think that really showed out there on the water is that you know we had a, a really versatile package that we could you know push as hard as we wanted to and you know back off at times when we didn't want to make mistakes and uh, definitely uh, yeah, made our life pretty easy. Think about what's next, but you have mentioned previously that, that the next, you'd like to do a Volvo Ocean race. Is that something you'll consider for this next edition, or a bit further down the track? I haven't really put any thought into what's next, to be honest. Um, you know, like I said before, it's been a massive, massive push to get to this point, and you know, I don't really want to make any decisions while you're still kind of riding the emotions of, of the last one. But yeah, definitely at some stage, I'd love to do a Volvo. You know, obviously the Olympic Games is still you know something that's a real passion as well. You know, some amazing yacht racing there, and I'm sure a couple of things will be on the radar at some stage as well. So, that's uh, uh, yeah, a pretty exciting future. But you know, we're really looking forward to just having a few days off, you know, a few weeks off, hopefully, and you know, trying to recharge the batteries and you know, just just have a bit of fun and enjoy the moment. Are you going to miss the boat? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, it's uh, something that are amazing boats to sail and, and really good fun. And uh, it's been an amazing journey through through this period. You know. Looking back at it, you, you wouldn't think you'd do quite as much sailing as, as we've done. And, you know, the way everyone kept the boat in one piece, you know, with, with no issues, um, you know, it was pretty special. And, you know, every day we went out there, it felt like you could push it to 100% with, with pretty pretty minimal issues going on board. So you know, it really made our, our life a lot easier to, to keep developing and keep learning just because you weren't worrying about little teething issues. But uh, it's um, you know, a really cool boat to sail and it's going to be a little sad not to be able to sail it for, for, for a while now. Our reporter Todd Nile has been in Bermuda since the beginning. I asked him how this cup has compared to others. Well, San Francisco was the odd one out because it really wasn't a regatta. It ended up being a sort of Team New Zealand versus Oracle match after Luna Rossa departed early as it was always going to. So if you go back to Valencia, Valencia was a sort of a grander, more festival-like event. There were far more uh, teams from different countries there and, and had a different sort of feel to it. This one, because it was in a, a relatively small place being Bermuda, you never got the sense of the huge crowds being around it, even though the village did fill up. But it was spectacular to watch the venue, the, 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 the sound and the way the races ended coming straight down towards the grandstand did provide a spectacle that we probably haven't seen at, at previous Cups. Well, what do you think was the key difference uh, between Team New Zealand and Oracle? I think it is the stuff that Team New Zealand talked about, that they really pushed uh, the design side of things. They tried to leapfrog over what they considered might be the normal, you know, evolution of a design within this and, and try and go a step further. And the cyclists were an obvious uh, part of that. But there are other things that they, they clearly won't talk about because it's still part of their intellectual property. But... The, the controls and the way the boat was sailed by the two or three key members were all quite different from the traditional way of doing it and from the way that the other teams did. And things like the foil design, also uh, very important. They put a lot of focus into that. They had people from Europe who were specialists in that. And I think you put all that together and they simply managed to go a step further than the other teams. Well, it's obviously back in New Zealand's hands. We're in charge now. And there's talk about going back to monohulls. What do you think that would do for the competition? Yeah, there is that talk. It isn't clear yet uh, exactly what the boat 
might be. Um, talking to the Italians and Italian journalists, it's pretty clear that Patrizio Bertelli, who heads, who, well, owns the Luna Rossa Syndicate, and Italians in general are, are big fans of monohulls, the elegance, the traditional style of sailing, and don't have a lot of time for these rather crass uh, catamaran things in their view. But the, the catamarans have been very successful and Grant Dalton isn't writing them off. Uh, he has said that this particular class of boat, which is you know, quite a high-tech, fragile, sensitive wee beastie, uh, might work in a lagoon location like Bermuda, but, but wouldn't work out in the Hauraki Gulf. So no one's writing off catamarans, and even the Italians say, look, Patrizio Vitelli, uh, he, he likes monohulls, but if someone was to put an argument in front of him as to why catamaran was the way to go, he might simply go, all right, well, let's do that then. So I guess there is going to be a lot of talking amongst the teams. And and also, if you wanted to have a build-up series, as they have done around the world, monohulls are very difficult to shift. And so the thinking is that you'd still need to have catamarans if you really were going to have a circuit beforehand. Yeah, well, I feel like the catamarans have appealed to an audience that probably wouldn't watch the cup otherwise. They're a lot more interesting and a lot more faster. But is there a feeling amongst the sailors themselves that it's not really sailing? Some of them have talked about that. Even Grant Dalton said, you know, well, actually just pumping hydraulic oil around the boat isn't really his idea of sailing either. So that, that is where the question of, of compromise, you know, may come in. How do they retain the, the foiling aspect and, and some of the excitement that the catamarans bring, but also keep that it is a human sailing contest and sailors are sailing the boats and doing stuff, not just, you know, playing with them. Um, you know, PlayStation control panels. Yeah. Well, what do you think the win means for Grant Dalton, obviously given his history with people like Russell Coates? In his own uh, time and place, he's probably saying all sorts of interesting things about that. But it certainly is it is the redemption uh, campaign, which, which he tried to achieve back in 2007 in Valencia. The, the 2003 campaign before he came in was a disaster. You know, the blue bucket, the broken mast, the boat taking on water, the wipeout by a lingy. And so he's, you know, this is his third campaign trying to write what he thinks is the natural state of affairs with Team New Zealand winning the America's Cup. So a hugely significant moment from him. And can you see the next cup being actually held within New Zealand or do you think the sponsor Emirates will put in the cash to get it to Dubai? No, it will be in New Zealand. The the suggestion that's happened before that happened, um, you know, around the time of Valencia. I think people starting to say, well, if Team New Zealand did win the cup, then the sponsor would be wanting to have it uh, in Dubai. That that's just one of those stories that keeps going around. There is no question it will be in New Zealand. They've still got to have the discussions about how, when, and who pays for what for it to be in Auckland. But that is really the cup's natural home in New Zealand and you know I think we should scratch the talk about it um, you know going off to, to Dubai. Todd Nile. Team New Zealand and the Famous Cup will be welcomed home with a parade in Auckland on Thursday. After some cracking breakaway tries and plays in the first test, the Lions are hoping they can level the series when they take on the All Blacks in Wellington on Saturday. Warren Gatland has named Johnny Sexton at 10 and Owen Farrell at 12 in one of three changes to his side for the second test. Tour captain Sam Warburton has also been named in the starting 15 after being on the bench in the first test. 
Gatlin says containing Sonny Bill Williams and matching the All Blacks' physicality will be key if they want to level the series. In fairness to the All Blacks, they played exceptionally well against us. Look, they were very direct in the way they played. And so, you know, we're aware of how physical they were as well, and so we've got to match that physicality <coughs> on, on Saturday night because, in fairness to them, they were excellent. They deserved uh, their win. We played, we were pretty happy. We played some good rugby and we had we kept the ball for... And we did keep the ball, we, we did stress them and put them under pressure. We've just got to make sure that we keep the ball for longer periods. Well, I can't remember Sonny Bill passing the ball during the game, but you know he, he got some good gain line for them and, um, and got a couple of offloads away as well and got them some front football. It's important for us to, to not allow him to be as effective as he was and we've been working pretty hard on that this week. All Blacks coach Steve Hansen says his side is ready to adapt to whatever the Lions throw at them. The big thing that they'll look to change, I think, is the breakdown. Uh, they want to be a lot more competitive in there. I think they went in with the with the mindset that we'll we'll only put one person in and have uh, everybody else on their feet, uh, so they can get their line speed. Um, so that that will force some thinking uh, in their camp. And um, you know, th- this is why coaches love coaching and players love playing. You know, because. It's cut and thrust and what are they going to do and what are we going to do in response or what are we going to change. You know, They're sitting there thinking, will they do the same thing as last week? And um, I guess we'll have to wait and see what we all do. But uh, it's about reacting to and adapting to that too in the moment. Hanson says the second test could go either way. Look, every Lions team, when it's got the, the talent that they've got at their, you know, their, at their disposal, is going to be hard to beat. Um, it just comes down to to who plays well enough on the day, and uh, you know we've got a talented side. If we prepare well, really genuinely bone deep, then you know we're hard to beat, and and they're no different. Like they've got plenty of good players. Uh, how they choose to play um, with that talent will, will be the interesting thing. Steve Hanson, kick off is at seven thirty five on Saturday. Surprise, surprise, the Southern Steel have won the first ever ANZ Netball Premiership. Unbeaten throughout the season, the Steel trounced the Central Pulse in the final on Wednesday night. This was the first season since the split with Australia. Netball New Zealand Chief Executive Jenny Wiley says the break from the Trans-Tasman competition has been good and the final match proved that. I um, I thoroughly enjoyed being down there. The atmosphere in, in Bacago was phenomenal. Um, and the crowd were right there and behind it, and I think everyone really enjoyed the, the whole spectacle. The Steel obviously dominated the whole season. Do you think that's good for the competition? As everyone wants to see as games of consequence and close matches, um, but really they were the consistent team throughout the competition and were well, um, you know, they deserved to be there at that final. Did you expect the competition to be so one-sided? Well, I think we really saw some tight games along the way as well and some improvement and and variability in results as the season progressed. So I think there was a lot of variety. Teams that um, like to pass, oh, sorry, the Tactics, for example, that broke their losing streak. So whilst some large margins, I still think that there was um, some really tight games. Do you think it's working better in this format? Uh, well, look, it's year one of a new competition, so what was really important for us is to be able to bring a product that allowed our fans, coaches and players to have increased opportunities on shore and um, get back to that New Zealand style, so uh, yeah, seeing our players in our own environment. 
So do you think many changes will be made before next season? Uh, look, there is always constant review of where we're going and how we're going to do things, and that process starts shortly. Are there any sort of major things that stick out at the moment for you, though? Oh, I wouldn't say any majors. I think that um, we're hoping to incorporate some of the thinking out of um, some rule changes and perhaps look at some opportunities like that. But it's about uh, growing the product and uh, the following next year. And how do you think the, the competition will prepare the Silver Ferns for when they do take on Australia? Look, I think um, the whole intention behind it was to increase the number of athletes in the system and we've certainly seen young players putting their hands up at both the premiership level and also Beko. So they're getting exposed to the kind of competition that will be expected of them if they're going to put their hand up for Silver Ferns. So um, I think it's going to hold us in good stead. And, you know, we'll, we will all look forward to that first game against Australia when we, um, when we play them in the international season. What kind of feedback have you had from viewers, fans and and the players, about how the season's gone. Have they enjoyed it more, just playing New Zealand sides? Oh, well, I think we're getting great viewership um, numbers. Our ratings are up 30%. We've had pleasing crowd support. Obviously, the Pulse, Steel and the Stars are sort of stand out in terms of crowd. And um, we're building our, our fan base. We had a sellout at the final. So um, all of that, if you look at it in that way, I think Kiwis are really enjoying what they're seeing out there. And I guess that can only grow further, right? Yeah, well, we're really excited about where it can go. It is, as we said earlier, a first year of a new comp, so um, we're, we're still going to work on it, uh, you know, and um, let's see where we can head and take it next year. Jenny Wiley, Chief Executive of Netball New Zealand. Team New Zealand are not the only New Zealand world champs to be crowned this week. A Kiwi pair decided to give an egg-throwing contest in the UK a crack, ultimately coming away with a world record. Nick Hornstein and Robbie Hollander's 81-metre effort was the highlight of the annual World Egg-Throwing Championships held in the English village of Swatton. The pair talked to our reporter Michael Crop just before they jumped on a plane back home. Nick Hornstein said he is stoked that the duo could return home with a record. I didn't actually think I could get it out to 76 metres, but um, I think on the day we had a little bit of special force was helping us, but we managed to throw it, you know, not just over 76, but uh, I think quite a quite a wee distance as well. So, you know, 81 is going to be pretty tough to beat, um, but we're pretty chuffed that we're, you know, able to come home with a world record, so that's pretty cool. Hey, so look, how does this all work? How do you train for this? Pretty much when we first did the first competition, we just thought, oh, well, we'll just have a go at it and um, ended up pretty good. But then in terms of practicing-wise, we just kind of just, like, throw eggs and catch eggs, I guess. Um, there's nothing really too special to it, just trying different things. And, um, yeah, it seemed to work out on Sunday and managed to get the record. What's the event like? Do many people show up? Oh, it was actually, um, it was surprisingly really busy and it was it was a lot of fun. We didn't expect to participate in a lot of other events. We thought, we'd, you know, we're turning up for the egg throw and catch competition. But um, Andy, the organiser, really wanted us to get involved as Team New Zealand into um, basically all the events. So we did some egg trebuchet, which involved, you know, catapult actually launching an egg. 
and um, you having to catch it on the other side. There was egg roulette where you smash an egg on uh, on your head, and uh, if you get the broken egg, then you, you go out. And um, there was egg relays and all sorts. So it was um, a tribute to all things eggs, but uh, we thought we were there for the egg uh, throw and catch competition, and we're pretty um, we, we're pretty chuffed that we came away with with the world record, and we've got it on video as well. So that's great. Do you win anything with this? Not really. We won a like little plastic medal um, with like a chicken on it. <laughs> um, so yeah, prizes. I guess prizes weren't really the thing at, at this event. It was more like kind of the glory of being able to say that uh, you're the world record or you won uh, an event or something like that. So Nick Hornstein talking to Michael Crop, and that's extra time for another week. Have a good one. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.